Manfred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Manfred, a dramatic poem, by Lord Byron. Act One, Scene Two, The Mountain of the Jungfrau. Time, morning. Manfred alone upon the cliffs. The spirits I have raised abandoned me. The spells which I have studied baffled me. The remedy I wrecked of tortured me. I lean no more on superhuman aid. It hath no power upon the past. And for the future, till the past be gulfed in darkness, it is not of my search. My mother earth, and thou fresh breaking day, and you, ye mountains, why are ye beautiful? I cannot love ye. And thou, the bright eye of the universe, that openest over all, and unto all art a delight, thou shinest not in my heart. And you, ye crags, upon whose extreme edge I stand, and on the torrent's brink beneath behold the tall pines dwindled as to shrubs in dizziness of distance, when a leap, a stir, a motion, even a breath, would bring my breast upon its rocky bosom's bed to rest for ever. Wherefore do I pause? I feel the impulse Yet I do not plunge. I see the peril. Yet do not recede. And my brain reels. And yet my foot is firm. There is a power upon me which withholds and makes it my fatality to live. If it be life to wear within myself this barrenness of spirit and to be my own soul's sepulchre, for I have ceased to justify my deeds unto myself, the last infirmity of evil. An eagle passes. I, thou winged and cloud-cleaving minister, whose happy flight is highest into heaven, well mayest thou swoop so near me. I should be thy prey, and gorge thy eaglets. Thou art gone, where the eye cannot follow thee, but thine yet pierces downwards onwards, or above, with a pervading vision. Beautiful! How beautiful is all this visible world! How glorious in its action and itself! But we, who name ourselves its sovereigns, we, half dust, half deity, alike unfit to sink or soar, with our mixed essence make a conflict of its elements, and breathe the breath of degradation and of pride, contending with low wants and lofty will, till our mortality predominates. And men are what they name not to themselves, and trust not to each other. Hark, the note. The shepherd's pipe in the distance is heard. The natural music of the mountain reed, for here the patriarchal days are not a pastoral fable, 
pipes in the liberal air, mixed with the sweet bells of the sauntering herd, my soul would drink those echoes. Oh, that I were the viewless spirit of the lovely sound, a living voice, a breathing harmony, a bodiless enjoyment, born and dying with the blessed tone which made me. Enter from below a chamois hunter. Even so this way the chamois leapt. Her nimble feet have baffled me. My gains to-day will scarce repay my break-neck travail. What is here? Who seems not of my trade, and yet hath reached a height which none even of our mountaineers, save our best hunters, may attain. His garb is goodly, his mane manly, and his air proud as a free-born peasant's at this distance. I will approach him nearer. To be thus, grey-head with anguish, like these blasted pines, wrecks of a single winter, barkless, branchless, a blighted trunk upon a cursed root, which but supplies a feeling to decay, and to be thus, eternally but thus, having been otherwise, and now furrowed o'er with wrinkles, ploughed by moments, not by years and hours, all tortured into ages, hours which I outlive, ye toppling crags of ice, ye avalanches, whom a breath draws down in mountainous o'erwhelmings, come and crush me. I hear ye momently above, beneath, crash with a frequent conflict, but ye pass, and only fall on things that still would live, on the young flourishing forest, or the hut and hamlet of the harmless villager. The mist begin to rise from up the valley. I'll warn him to descend, or he may chance to lose at once his way and life together. The mists boil up around the glaciers. Clouds rise curling fast beneath me, white and sulphury, like foam from the roused ocean of deep hell whose every wave breaks on a living shore, heaped with a damned like pebbles. I'm giddy. I must approach him cautiously. If near, a sudden step will startle him, and he seems tottering already. Mountains have fallen, leaving a gap in the clouds, and with the shock rocking their alpine brethren, filling up the ripe green valleys with destruction splinters, damming the rivers with a sudden dash, which crushed the waters into mist, and made their fountains find another channel. Thus, thus, in its old age, did Mount Rosenberg. Why stood I not beneath it? Friend, have a care. Your next step may be fatal. For the love of him who made you, stand not on that brink. Such would have been for me a fitting tomb. My bones had then been quiet in their depth. They had not then been strewn upon the rocks for the wind's pastime. As thus, 
thus they shall be. In this one plunge, farewell, ye opening heavens. Look not upon me thus reproachfully. You were not meant for me. Earth, take these atoms. As Manfred is an act to spring from the cliff, the chamois hunter seizes and retains him with a sudden grasp. Hold, madman! Though a-weary of thy life, stain not our pure veils with thy guilty blood. Away with me! I will not quit my hold. I am most sick at heart. Nay, grasp me not. I am all feebleness. The mountains whirl spinning around me. I go blind. What art thou? I'll answer that anon. Away with me. The clouds grow thicker. There. Now lean on me. Place your foot here. Here, take the staff and cling a moment to that shrub. Now give me your hand and hold fast by my girdle. Softly. Well, the chalet will be gained within an hour. Come on. We'll quickly find a surer footing, and something like a pathway which the torrent hath washed since winter. Come, tis bravely done. You should have been a hunter. Follow me. As they descend the rocks with difficulty, the scene closes. Act Two Scene One A Cottage Among the Bernese Alps Manfred and the Chamois Hunter no, no, yet pause, thou must not yet go forth. Thy mind and body are alike unfit to trust each other for some hours at least. When thou art better, I will be thy guide. But whither? It imports not. I do know my route full well, and need no further guidance. Thy garb and gait bespeak thee of high lineage, one of the many chiefs whose castled crags look o'er the lower valleys. Which of these may call thee lord? I only know their portals. My way of life leads me but rarely down to bask by the huge hearths of those old halls, carousing with the vassals. But the paths which step from out our mountains to their doors. I know from childhood. Which of these is thine? No matter. Well, sir, pardon me the question, and be of better cheer. Come, taste my wine. Tis of an ancient vintage. Many a day it has thawed my veins among our glaciers. Now, let it do thus for thine. Come, pledge me fairly. Away, away! There's blood on the brim. Will it then never, never sink in the earth? What dost thou mean? Thy senses wander from thee. I say tis blood, my blood. The pure warm stream which ran in the veins of my fathers. And in hours when we were in our youth. And had one heart. And loved each other as we should not love. And thus was shed... But still it rises up, colouring the clouds that shut me out from heaven. Where thou art not, and I shall never be. Man of strange words and some half-maddening sin, 
which makes thee people vacancy whatever thy dread and sufferance be there's comfort yet the aid of holy men and heavenly patience patience and patience hence that word was made for brutes of burden not for birds of prey preach it to mortals of a dust like thine i am not of thine order thanks to heaven i would not be of thine for the free fame of william tell but whatsoever thine ill it must be borne and these wild starts are useless do i not bear it look on me i live this is convulsion and no healthful life <sighs> i tell thee man i have lived many years many long years but they are nothing now to those which i must number ages ages space and eternity and consciousness with the fierce thirst of death and still unslaked why on thy brow the seal of middle age hath scarce been set i am thine elder far thinkest thou existence doth depend on time it doth but actions are our epochs mine have made days and nights imperishable endless and all alike as sands on the shore innumerable atoms and one desert barren and cold on which the wild waves break but nothing rests save carcasses and wrecks rocks and the salt surf weeds of bitterness alas he's mad and yet i must not leave him i would i were for then the things i see would be but a distempered dream what is it that thou dost see or think thou lookest upon myself and thee a peasant of the alps thy humble virtues hospitable home and a spirit patient pious proud and free thy self-respect grafted on innocent thoughts thy days of health and nights of sleep thy toils by danger dignified yet guiltless hopes of a cheerful old age and a quiet grave with cross and garland over its green turf and thy grandchildren's love for epitaph this do i see and then i look within it matters not my soul was scorched already and wouldst thou then exchange thy lot for mine no friend i would not wrong thee nor exchange my lot with living being i can bear however wretchedly tis still to bear in life what others could not brook to dream but perish in their slumber and with this this cautious feeling for another's pain canst thou be black with evil say not so can one of gentle thoughts have wrecked vengeance upon his enemies oh no 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 my injuries came down on those who loved me on those whom i best loved i never quelled an enemy 
save in my just defence. But my embrace was fatal. Heaven give thee rest, and penitence restore thee to thyself. My prayers shall be for thee. I need them not, but can endure thy pity. I depart. Tis time. Farewell. Here's gold, and thanks for thee. No words, it is thy due. Follow me not. I know my path. The mountain's perils past, and once again I charge thee, follow not. Exit Manfred. <laughs> 